Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back. Thank you so much for your trivia. That was so much fun. How many people feel like they learned a lot about dinosaurs in this last little bit? Learned a lot about Jurassic Park. How many people bought the T-Rex in the costume a drink? Come on. If you didn't, go buy that person a drink. I don't know who they are. Go buy them a drink. We're going to get them wasted. We're going to have them wake up on Lancashire at 10 in the morning being like, how did I get here? And I'm still in my dinosaur costume. That's the goal for the evening. We're going to get them wasted. Welcome to See Jurassic Right. I'm your host, Stephen Ray Morris, and today is another episode. But hopefully, by having this come out the last week of the month means we're back on schedule for these See Jurassic Rights. I know it's been a rough, t- rough go, a rough touch and go there for a while. But, but on top of another but, hold on to all the buts. This is the first mini-sode with Jurassic World Dominion in the in our lives, in the title. It's the new title of Jurassic World 3, which is very exciting. I hope you enjoyed the little toast 
uh, the little toast, the 45 minute toast that Brenna White, aka Bonnie Puns, aka Beeksels, and I did to the beginning of filming. Production started on Monday, although the week before there was some other little bits and bobs, maybe some drone footage here or there in Vancouver. So that's all very exciting. I am going to share some of my thoughts uh, on a lot of these new things. And Colin Trevorrow is on Instagram tweeting photos, so there's a lot going on. But first, I wanted to get to a couple of things before we dive into the news. I wanted to say thank you to everyone who came to the Jurassic Trivia Night, the Jurassic January Trivia, the Jurassic January Trivia Night that I did back in mid-January. Yeah, see, the Minnesota schedule got all wonky. Anyway... Uh, I wanted to thank everyone for coming to that. We raised over $600 or about $600 or somewhere around $600 for, for Santa de Cat, uh, Cat Shelter, uh, which is a really lovely organization here that Christy, uh, runs and helping save cats lives. So I wanted to thank Tara Jane, who really put the whole thing together and made it such an amazing night that it is. Obviously, Idle Hour for providing, for being the venue and being the space, being the awesome bar where we could do the trivia, do the dinosaur bingo, and then wrap it up with a little bit of dinosaur impression contests and stuff like that. So that's what you heard a little bit of at the top of the episode. Uh, <laughs> maybe one day we'll play the whole thing, but uh, for now, you just get this little bit of taste. But again, I wanted to thank Brenna, of course, Chris Bermonte, um, again, Santi Dor for coming out because they you know, brought out and repped and they... You know, maybe somebody adopted a cat that night. I don't know. But there was a cat there and there was somebody in a dinosaur outfit holding a cat. So truly spectacular. Spared no expense. Um, wanted to thank Jonathan from Adopt Rex who brought out a replica uh, Ford Explorer from the original movie that he created, you know, created his own. I mean, replica as if it's a toy. No, it was a full size explorer and it was awesome. Courtney James Clark came out along with Stuart, her boyfriend, uh, who's super sweet guy. Uh, Britt Schatz and the Mattel team. Thank you all for coming out. Jurassic Jen, Matt Dunford, Roxy and Nick, Emma and Lola, Dave and Kate, Liz Rose, Kaylee Bailey from the group. Ah, it was such a fun evening. Uh, I remember most of it. <laughs> But uh, it was so much fun to do the trivia, so much fun to do the bingo. And then we had the Act Like a Dinosaur contest. It was the best time. I just want to do more stuff like that. Just have more Jurassic in my daily life. I think all the Jurassic World Dominion filming news is going to provide, is going to be one quadrant of that sort of thing. But I'm super excited and I'm glad. It seemed like people had a good time. And let me know if you want me to do Jurassic trivia in your city. Maybe I can figure something out. Or if you, if you, if you run a bar or know a bar or, you know, know a venue or something, maybe you're a natural history museum or something like that. Stephanie Cook and I, comic artist, artist, uh, artist, writer, editor, all the things. Uh, she, we're, we're trying, she's from Toronto and we're trying to put together some sort of dinosaur thing at the ROM, which would be super rad. Anyway, just wanted to put that on everybody's radar. I really, again, hope you really enjoyed the evening and I hope to do more of them. So that was really rad. Congrats, of course, to Laura Dern for winning Best Supporting Actress for Marriage Story. But also, as I believe Jennifer Tarek pointed out on Twitter that we should also give some props to Vivian Baker, who was the makeup artist on Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. Vivian Baker won an Oscar for Best Makeup and Hairstyling for the film Bombshell. So a couple more Jurassic fam in the Oscar winning uh, in the Oscars this year, which is really cool. 
and wanted to mention this up top now because speaking of getting back on track and doing more episodes and stuff like that, Westworld, as some of you know, which was a Michael Crichton directed film and Michael direct, Michael directed Crichton, uh, <laughs> Wow, it's it's fun to talk today. Uh, no, uh, Michael Crichton uh, wrote and directed the original movie back in 1973. And what's really exciting is I want to do a Sea Westworld right. And it's so before I lay it out, it's not going to be a full podcast or anything like that. But I really love when a TV show comes out and you have that kind of weekly watch along. There was a lot of that happening with The Mandalorian and Game of Thrones. So I wanted to do something like that for Westworld. So uh, I've watched the first movie. I'm watching, obviously, the first and second season of Westworld. So season three premieres March 15th on HBO. And essentially, I will record a episode, not a full length, you know, podcast episode, but maybe, you know, somewhere around the 15 to 30 minute range. Just recapping and talking about my thoughts. I'll split it into spoiler and non-spoiler if you're interested. Uh, but basically, I wanted to create that water cooler environment for Westworld Season 3 because Camp Cretaceous, uh, the animated uh, Netflix Jurassic show, isn't coming out till August, maybe. And that's going to all drop at once. So I feel like Westworld is going to be a show that maybe will be our chance for Michael Crichton fans, Jurassic fans, to kind of have that weekly TV show watching experience, at least on this podcast. So I wanted to try it out. I just want to try it out. It's not going to interrupt the regular Jurassic episodes or anything. But next week on Monday, uh, so kind of around when this drops, you know, um, you will also get in your feed a I wrote uh, I wrote I recorded a little episode talking about the original 1973 film, which is really exciting. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, it truly I won't say too much here, but it truly was felt like a proto Jurassic Park in that way, which was really cool. And then the week after I'll do a recap, sort of a recap, sort of my feelings about season one and two just overall. I'm just going to do them both together. And then we'll start diving into episode by episode recaps of season three. There's only eight of them, so it's not going to be this huge long endeavor or anything. And again, I just want to get my thoughts out and everything like that, but also provide it, provide the space for us to be able to have that conversation uh, about Westworld and seeing how it again sort of has, you know, imbues the views of Crichton, you know, who also did Jurassic Park. So it's just, I I feel like Westworld's going to be, it's to me, Westworld is like the flip of the coin of Jurassic Park. I think they're like two sides of the same coin. And so I really wanted to get a chance to create a space and take a look at Westworld. So see Westworld right. That's going to be Mondays starting uh, next week, Monday the third, I guess. And yeah, so we're going to just start talking about Westworld for a little bit. But again, it won't interrupt your feed or anything like that. So Westworld season three premieres March 15th on HBO. So come watch it with me. And again, another little non-Jurassic but related news, as I'm, I think it was the a mini-studio or two ago about seeing see Tolkien, right? Because they're filming the Amazon series, uh, the Lord of the Rings Amazon series. Go back and listen to that. I believe the mini-studio is called See Tolkien, right? And yeah, I wanted to follow along with the production of that as well. That that won't be so much standalone episodes. I mean, maybe I'll do some inter- Lord of the Rings based interviews and things like that. But as far as like news and things like that go, I'm just going to tuck that little the little bit of updates and stuff into these mini shows up top. Just so if you're interested in Lord of the Rings, which I feel like uh, a lot of people in the group said they were, so that's really exciting. The See Jurassic Right Facebook group and on Twitter and stuff. Uh, first of all, rest in peace, Orson Bean, who played Bilbo. 
and uh, Bilbo and Frodo in the um, the animated adaptations of The Hobbit and The Return of the King. Very sad. Uh, rest in peace, Orson Bean. And then I wanted to get another another little bit of sad Lord of the Rings TV show news. Again, reminder that Jay Bayona, who directed Fallen Kingdom, is uh, directing the first couple episodes of the Lord of the Rings uh, TV show. Um, I just wanted to get some well wishes to... A stunt actor, uh, her name is Alyssa Cadwell. She is a stunt double who's done a bunch of stunt work. Um, and she was injured during some of the sort of rehearsal sessions and stuff for this Lord of the Rings series, which is, which is a bummer. But, and I was reading this in the New Zealand Herald from February 14th, uh, by Matt Nippert. Um, but it seems like she's doing well and back to work. So that's great. Um, yeah, so again, set safety is super important and I just wanted to wish Alyssa some, some, uh, hopefully she's feeling all back on the mend and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so, you know, there are safety reviews underway and all that stuff, but hopefully, uh, they can move past this. I mean, injuries on sets happen all the time, but again, it's no joke. It's, you know, I don't know. to me, it's very terrifying. Uh, you know, I mean, there was these, you know, there were some insane injuries on the original Lord of the Rings. Um, just from remembering, listening to the commentary and stuff. But again, um, hope Alyssa is feeling all better. Um, but okay, let's, let's get to some good Lord of the Rings casting news. The TV show created a Twitter. And again, the show is set during the second age. Basically, when, if you remember the, uh, Cape Blanchett prologue, you know, voiceover prologue in the original Fellowship of the Ring, talking about making the rings and stuff. Like, I feel like this series might be like a young Sauron series, like the actual creation of the rings itself. And so the Lord of the Rings created a Twitter. It's at LOTR show. Very creative guys. And they, they introduced the main cast, which is really cool. I don't see any, it looks like, you know, like the original Game of Thrones. Like it's not a bunch of big names, but maybe these people will become household names after a while. Uh, Nazian Bonead, Tom Budge, Robert Arameo, Owain Arthur, Charlie Vickers, um, Sophia, Sophia Novamete. Anyway, I'm <laughs> I'm butchering all your names and I apologize, but uh, I'll put a link to the article that kind of summed up all this stuff from winterscoming.net by Dan Selkie. But yeah, it looks like a stacked cast. Looks like it's diverse. Looks like there's some kids. There's some adults. It's really cool. And yeah, they're, they're filming in New Zealand, which is to me, that's really the super exciting part. I think about the TV show again, this, you know, who knows what they're actually drawing from for this Amazon TV show. Again, the second age, Tolkien had such great lore, but we'll see what it comes out to. But I think it's super exciting that they're filming in New Zealand to keep the look, that look of Middle Earth. I mean, I think that New Zealand is Middle Earth. And uh, at least that I'm excited that they decided to keep with that, even if they're not necessarily, it's not going to be in continuity with the original movies as far as we know now, but Again, it's still super exciting. So, and Jay Biona just tweeted from, not just tweeted, but <laughs> just, just Instagrammed, uh, from, from New Zealand recently. So yeah, I'll put a link to that article, but where you can see the full cast and everything, but that's super exciting. Ah, I'm so excited that one of my other fandoms is coming back. I'm getting to explore a new fandom with Westworld and then Jurassic World Dominion is now filming. And we're just going to have a full year, not a full year, but we're going to have a hundred days, essentially, as far as Chris Pratt confirmed on Ellen of Jurassic World behind the scenes. I mean, 
they're not really going to be tweeting and stuff every day. But I think every day we're just going to be like, oh, what's that? Who's that? What? Vincent Arfrio is coming to uh, uh, Vancouver. Oh, wait. Uh, jo- Joseph Mazzello is with Ashley Tisdale. Wait, is Ashley Tisdale in Jurassic World Dominion? Oh, my God. None of that's true. But it, the Twitter it moves really fast. And so it's going to be hard to keep up with. But I think um, if you're, you know, tuned into the social media, see a share pod on Twitter, see Jurassic Ride on Instagram and in the Facebook group, we're, we're doing our best to keep up. And again, let me know if I missed anything when I do these mini sods, because, you know, they're only once a month. And I'm kind of just trying to sum up the the best parts, the biggest parts, the most important parts. So it's really exciting, though. But if you go on, if you follow me on all the social media, I'm always retweeting this stuff so you can keep up there, too, as well. So let me just let's let's just take a quick break because we got to take a deep breath before we drive before we drive into and dive into Jurassic World Dominion News. and we're back Jurassic World Dominion say it with me Jurassic World Dominion Dominion Minion? Hello So that is the official title of Jurassic World 3 as revealed by Colin Trevorrow on the second day of filming by I think a classic film behind the scenes film photo is the slate it lets you know that filming has started it lets you know that filming has ended or that filming is still going, all the things that slates can do. And, but it's like very evocative. And I think it's just like, as far as filmmaking goes, it really kind of shows you, other than I think one of the other like classic behind the scenes, behind the scene shots, behind the scenes shots is like the director, like working with one of the actors. I think that's one of the other like classic behind the scenes photos. And yeah, Colin did not disappoint. Uh, we have a woman. Um, I think the first AC is the person that holds the slate, but it's been a while since I've worked on a movie. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but we have somebody holding a slate and and then we have the Jurassic World Dominion title. And then we have the, which is done up in the style of, you know, the Jurassic World logos and stuff. So it's got the full like font and then Dominion, like Fallen Kingdom, like the same kind of font style. And then what's interesting is that they have the T-Rex logo, but they're using this sort of flat 2D imagery from the original Jurassic Park trilogy with the yellow and the red, which is really cool. And I actually reached out to the group and I just said, hey, you know, what's... You know, of all, cause again, there's so much stuff happening, rumors and, you know, filming in merit. And you can see set photos on Twitter of like the hotel or whatever that they're shooting across from or something in this small town in Vancouver. So I kind of just wanted to get like, make sure I didn't miss anything. So I, I just, you know, I just touched base with the group and Clayton and Dusty obviously wanted Clayton Fioriti again. Great. You know, his videos are fantastic. Dusty, uh, they, you know, they wanted to get my thoughts on the title and Chris, who's Jurassic Souls on Twitter, I believe. Um, he was interested in learning about some speculative stuff and also because the other photo, it's funny. I printed out these photos, uh, just cause I, you know, you want to get up close. I got my detective Pikachu magnifying glass and I'm really, I'm diving deep for you guys. But, um, the other photo that Colin tweeted, not too long ago from when I'm recording this, uh, t- t- were Instagrammed a photo of the c- sort of classic 
director's chair, but this, but it's also for the cast and things like that. And all it has is that red and yellow logo with nothing on it. And the background is a snowy field with beautiful mountains and everything. Snowy snow. There we go. So if, you know, in the, I think I mentioned in the, um, in the toast episode that I just put out this week, something about, you know, fields of cocaine, but, uh, laid to rest in the, uh, chair photo that Colin Instagrammed out. It is not cocaine. It is snow. So just in case you were wondering, but that's exciting. Snow in the background, Jurassic World Dominion, the new title, this red and, you know, the, the iconic, uh, red and yellow Jurassic colors. I think these are all interesting things. I think there's a lot to chew on. I definitely am down for the snowy and uh, for the snowy environment. Oh, um, there I've mentioned it before. Simon Stuhlberg, I think, is his name. I'm googling this now. Uh, Simon Stalinhag. Sorry, I want to. Say, I think I said Stuhlberg last time. Simon Stalinhag, who is uh, he's having. It's funny actually because a trailer just was released for the. They're making a TV show based on his art, Tales from the Loop. But Simon Stalinhag has done a lot of great dinosaur art, like Dinosaurs in the Snow. And so, for me, I'm so excited for the concept of Dinosaurs in the Snow. And dinosaurs were warm-blooded, or most of them were, as far as we know. So, I don't think it's like a weird... I don't think we have to create woolly mammoths or saber-tooths. I mean, that would be cool, too. But I like the... and. Although, again, and I've talked a lot about Antarctic dinosaurs and that exhibit and everything, although the environment wasn't snowy at the time. But, I mean, it was colder than, than um, you know, than the jungles and stuff. But, yeah, I think I think having the snowy environment is going to be, even if it's just brief, maybe if it's like one or two dinosaurs that get brave enough to live in the cold, I think... Jurassic Park is all about evolution. Jurassic World Evolution, the game. Uh, so I could see that maybe some of the dinosaurs, whether they've escaped from, from, you know, from at the end of, from Lockwood's Manor at the end of Fallen Kingdom, or if these are dinosaurs created by some of the rival companies, I could see some dinosaurs wanting to get away and saying, Hey, I'll go up north. I'm going to, I'm going to escape from the cities. I don't want to be anywhere near people. I want to find a new home. And yeah, the, the, the animals that were able to survive in the cold, maybe will survive any sort of onslaught from human beings. So by escaping out into the cold winter environment. So it remains to be seen, but I think they're definitely not shying away from the fact that there's going to be some snowy environments and not just a fake out like in Jurassic World, but truly that maybe we'll see some some dinosaurs in the cold, but who knows? I mean, again, it could just be a fake out. It could be our heroes at the start of the movie or at the end of the movie. So, you know, somewhere where maybe there's like a vault somewhere and there's dinosaurs. Cause what was it? The, the Jurassic park four script by John sales, you know, was like, it was like a base in the Swiss mountains where half human hybrids were hiding in the mountain, you know? So it's, as far as speculation goes, there's a lot happening. And if you want, go back and listen to the episode I did with Omar Najam about our crazy speculations and all that stuff. But there's still a lot to digest. There's still a lot to chew on as far as this goes. But I, I do like that they're leaning into the original colors. I do like that they're leaning into the snow. I like the word dominion, as I mentioned in the toast episode up top, you know, this idea of control over nature and i like I, you know colin faved my tweet about a hopeful 
Well, I, I didn't say the title would be hopeful per se, but I, I it was more of the idea that the movie is going to end on a hopeful note. I don't think it's going to end on a downer regardless. Like, I mean, I just don't think all the dinosaurs are going to die at the end. Truly is what I really think. But um, I think Dominion is so evocative. And to me, it doesn't kind of like new era and i think why people liked it is because it it it's exciting to think of and it, i think rise this right uh the rise of skywalker the rise of skywalker rise of the skywalker however whatever i can't i still can't remember that title all the way but i i do like this idea that there's a sort of hint that this isn't the end it's not extinction it's not extermination it's not domination it's dominion it's it, there's there's sort of um I mean, even Fallen Kingdom is a, you know, The Last Jedi. Like, these are, these are, Dominion to me feels like, oh, baby, we're just getting started. Like, that that's how it feels to me. So, yeah, it remains to be seen. And again, I think the Minions, <laughs> the Minions uh, connection, I think, uh, somebody at Universal was like, yes. Mm. Oh, and I might as well read out the cast list again because Dusty wanted to know what I thought of the cast. Uh, just a little more detailed. So we obviously have Owen Grady. Owen Grady. We have Chris Pratt. Claire. Uh, Claire. Again, I'm I'm reading from left to right for some reason, or right to yeah, left to right. I should be reading right to left. Right to left. Howard. Chris Pratt. Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Justice Smith, Daniela Pineda, Jake Johnson, Omar Sy, Isabella Sermon, B.D. Wong, um, Mamadou Achi, Dewanda Wise, uh, Deechin, I know I said it right on that, but the last episode, Deechin, Lockman, and Scott Hayes. And again, this is such a stacked cast of returning people, which has never been seen before. We've never had a cast that has more returning characters than not return. It has that more returning characters than new cast members, which is wild to me. We don't have any big names in the new cast, which means that I think either BD Wong, you know, is truly going to be the main villain or maybe this film won't have a main villain kind of like in a way the original didn't. I mean, truly the original movie, look, Brennan might say Nedry was the ultimate villain in there. And I, I can see that, but he, he, he's definitely the main inciting all the shit to hit the fan, but it's not like Nedry's like maniacally laughing along the way as like, you know, he's not setting traps for Grant and the kids. And so I'm so curious to, to that maybe Dominion won't have a, won't have a central enemy figure. And, and I don't necessarily think Dr. Wu is, you know, is he's definitely a, an artful scientist. He's definitely maybe a little wild and obsessive, but I don't know if he might go full mad scientist. I think he might, I don't know. At the end of Fallen Kingdom, he seemed pretty upset at the other villains. So I, I won't dive too much more into that, but I just don't, I don't know. I definitely think he will be important, but that's so exciting that we have a full cast of mostly returning characters, which means that we'll get to develop them more. We will get to spend more time. I don't know. That's that to me is really exciting. It's a really cool opportunity that I don't think this franchise has had because most of the other movies, 
you know, have had mostly new cast, maybe one new cast member and then a cameo or two by, by returning cast members. But yeah, this is, we're in a whole new world. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so that's really exciting. I'm really glad I was, I was really rooting for Danielle and Justice to come back. And then I was sort of okay with it. But now that they're back, I think we could do a lot with them or not. I just think it would be great to see their faces. And to be honest, I'd really be excited if it, maybe we got a hint that they were going on adventures and that we could see those in books or novels, books or novels or comics or video games or whatever. Same thing with Omar Sy and Jake Johnson. I'm, I'm so excited to have them back. I don't need them to be main characters, but I think kind of coloring our world with these returning kind of side characters, I think is just going to just create a whole new feeling for Jurassic that I don't think the first film certainly didn't have. And I don't even think that the, these last two movies have had. I think this is going to really feel something more akin to a Marvel movie or, or a Star Wars movie where you know these characters. Or at least you know their faces and it adds it's gonna add a familiarity and comfort to maybe explore a new a new concept. This this globe trotting adventure maybe uh you know, stuff like that. And again, Blue and Rexy probably coming back. Um so yeah, I don't know. That's all that's all such a new opportunity. And I think it means that they really are setting up for uh, a new trilogy or a new a new series of films or something where now that because i think the thing that i think a lot of people are probably thinking that a lot of you are thinking is you're bringing back all these characters some of them who haven't been seen i mean as far back as jurassic park 3 and so what have they been up to what have they been doing how what do they think of the state of the world and i don't think you're going to get these long mono you know exposition scenes of like where omar sai has been or where uh you know, where Grant has been or anything like that, even, or, you know, Laura Dern or whoever, but, or, but like, I think you're, you're going to need to be caught up to speed with what these characters are doing. And I don't even know if the movie is going to really introduce them being back in the scene. I almost think we're going to just come back and they're going to be helping out Claire and, and Owen. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to kind of do that homework for yourself of like, how do they get back in touch? You know, they're not going to just, they're not going to show they're not going to dramatize necessarily everyone's return into the story which means i think that that means that they're setting them up to that this movie is going to be like all right we got jake johnson and omar Sy back working with claire and owen and we have you know uh zia and franklin there too and you know ellie and alan have been doing a thing and you know ian's you know ever since he testified he's been doing something and it's going to just now have all the chess pieces here uh, for whatever adventures going forward. And I say this because I read a really great article in Forbes by Scott Mendelson uh, that just came out. And I think everyone should read this. Jurassic World Dominion could be the next biggest blockbuster. And in it, I won't, I'm not going to read most of it because it's just talking about kind of the state of things of this new movie coming together. And then... And also just almost in a way how much restraint the Jurassic franchise has had, you know, Star Wars is, you know, milking everything left and right. And Marvel is always finding a way to shove in an, in, a, in an actor, you know, into a new part so that you're, you know, you've got something familiar. But the thing that I think is interesting is that they compare, they are going to compare Dominion to fellow Universal uh, franchise, Fast and the Furious, how, and this is basically summing it, summing it up, but... Scott's article, but saying that, oh, we shouldn't look at uh, Dominion as Endgame or any of these new Star Wars movies. We should be looking at 
Dominion as Fast Five, which was a movie that essentially consolidated all of the lore from the previous Fast and the Furious movies and then created a new um, status quo or new like jumping off point for the adventures that what it's Fast 9 that's coming out this year. So I almost I and I haven't actually seen all the Fast and the Furious movies myself, but now I'm very curious. <laughs> See Furious, right? Uh, I think I made that joke on the Omar episode, but uh, <laughs> uh I think we're really setting our, but this just makes me again, more fuel to the fire that we're not done with the Jurassic franchise after, after uh, dominion that it's really just a table setting, not only wrapping up, you know, the, the previous five films, but really setting us up into a place where we've got the team and it, it's universal. And so now it's like, Oh, I've got that sinking suspicion that that's what this movie is going to be. So I'm very curious. Have any of you seen Fast Five? Is, are there any gearheads, uh, F and F heads, you know, who love that franchise, who could maybe provide some insight in this angle? I think that's very interesting and I haven't heard anybody talk about it this way before. So that has my mind spinning because again, I just, I, in my heart, I was like, they're not going to wrap up the towel after part six. I mean, you know, they just opened the new ride. Well, technically the ride is closed right now for maintenance, but. You know, they they just put all invested in this new ride. They're building a new coaster in Orlando. Like this is, you know, Universal's cash machine. Uh, any Congo fans out there? Anyway, uh, I, yeah. So to me, this Forbes article, Scott Mendelson really kind of articulated in a way that maybe this is the plan. Maybe this is the the machinations behind keeping the Jurassic franchise. And in a way, this new trilogy that we've had is almost more of like an in-between and a table setting to get to the point where, you know, if they make more drastic movies, it's, you've got this team and they're going on dino adventures around the world or something, whatever. But we've got Macy riding blue into battle with a sword. I just want to see some fan art of that. So I, I really, I highly suggest you read that Forbes article. It's really cool. And yeah, I'm excited for everyone to come back. I, again, I think my two biggest my two biggest contenders uh, that I would also want to come back. I mean, besides Lex and Tim, I mean, obviously, and Joe Mazzello's Twitter, who knows if that was a hint or, you know, or maybe he just wanted to hint at a lot of Ashley Tisdale fans that he's working with her. But, you know, obviously, Julian Moore, I want Sarah Harding. I Even if we don't get her to come back, I want a book seeing what she's up to. And I guess Billy... You know, I think Billy deserves to come back. He, he'd follow Grant around like a puppy dog unless he sent Grant away or unless he sent unless Grant sent Billy away. Billy, get away from me. You had bad intentions. And he's like, but I saved your hat. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, obviously, I want the Dilophosaurus to come back. And not come back. I mean, that would be wild if they're like, that was the Dilophosaurus that ate Nedry, you know. But um, and I'd be down for that Spinosaurus, Spinosaurus cameo coming back somehow. Uh, we don't know what happened to it after the events of JP3. They're they're really. I think even in the um, the DPG stuff that the Chaos Theorem group, you know, created for all the website lore and all that stuff. They, I don't think they say what happens to the Spino. So kind of all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of everything right now. Again, which dinosaurs are more likely to start breeding and populating? I, I will say this, uh, Chris, Jurassic Souls on Twitter. 
I don't think we need. I don't think we can look at the dinosaurs at the end of Fallen Kingdom as a measurement for what we're gonna see in Dominion. I. Do, I mean, Conjurer said to the effect of like, "Well, you didn't see all the." all the dinosaurs. So that doesn't mean they weren't there, you know, like that kind of logic where it's like in Jurassic has always done that. I mean, look at Isla Sorna from lost world to Jurassic park three. Like there's no consistency. There's no, they don't hold themselves to that sort of thing. So I, and I mean, again, battle at big rock, like where's the new pseudoceratops, you know, on the ship. I truly don't think that they really like care about that in that way. I think they're just going to be like, what awesome dinosaurs can we get involved? And ultimately at the end of the day, they have, well, you didn't see all the dinosaurs in the mansion. You didn't see all the dinosaurs in the ship and you didn't see all the dinosaur DNA being transported in the cases at the end of the movie. So I don't think that they're going to use that as a metric. I think people who are saying like, I mean, obviously, yeah, like if 25 dinos or 40 dinos escaped at a Lockwood Manor at the end of Fallen Kingdom, sure, they could all be rounded up or whatever. But I, I mean, we have mountain lions and cougars and coyotes, mountain lions, mountain lions and cougars are the same thing. We have huge wild animals like living in in our backyard here in L.A. I mean, I see coyotes every night. I, they're my neighbors, literally. So it's not like they're being rounded up and, you know, I know dinosaurs are different, but not, I don't, I don't think that different, to be honest. I don't, I don't think people are just rounding up wild animals just because I think we have to learn how to coexist. So, but at the same time, I don't think you're going to be able to trace a one to one ratio of what the dinosaurs were at the end of Fallen Kingdom to what we see in Dominion. And I don't even think we're going to see all the dinosaurs from that to that. Like, who knows? We may never see Stiggy again. I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of Stiggy being this kind of, you know, we can kind of imagine. I, I, I want to have more imaginary uh, trails. I don't want to have, lo- I don't want loose ends to be tied up. I don't, I don't like that. I, I, I think that that's what made the original Star Wars so great was that you got, you know, these hints and things of, of a greater universe and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, they, they literally could mechanically be like, well, here's the two Stigai Mollocks, and here's the three Apatosaurs, and here's Blue, and here's, you know, this Allosaurus, and it grew up to be the Allosaurus we see in Battle of Big Rock, and here's the two Carnotauruses, or whatever. But I just, it, they've, they've never done that before. They've never been that consistent between movies as far as like the dino count and stuff like that. So I just don't think they're going to do it here. They have all these cop outs of like, well, all these other companies got dinosaur DNA and all these uh, companies got actual dinosaurs that they could breed. And we didn't, you know, Colin has said, oh, well, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't see every dinosaur sold at the auction or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think all bets are off in that regard. So that's yeah, that's that's pretty much everything so far. But again, you know, once this drops, I'm sure there'll be some new news. But hey, it's the weekend. So hopefully they're taking their weekends off. Uh, <laughs> I will say quickly that Camp Cretaceous, the animated series that's coming to Netflix. So the date August 2020 was thrown out, but I've, I've actually seen a lot of websites take that information down. So I don't know if that was incorrect or if that was leaked or something like that. So who knows? It would be so awesome to see it this year. I would love it if we got a chance to explore Camp Cretaceous separately from Dominion. I think that feels like you know, if it drops in August or it drops at the end of the year, that would be really awesome. And then it would like tease us into Dominion. But for those who don't remember, Camp Cretaceous is set to take place during the events of Jurassic World, where there's like a, um, 
you know, basically like in the evolution of Claire, how she got a college internship at Jurassic World. It seems like there are high schoolers that can get like a summer camp kind of science camp thing. I did something like that growing up um, on Isla Nublar. So there. Yeah. So who knows when it's going to come out? August 2020, though, at least is kind of hovering around hover around that date in your mind. Um, and again, that ties into the last bit of news that I wanted to talk about, which is Toy Fair 2020. So I covered it a lot last year. I think I did a full Toy Fair reactions episode last year, I believe, or maybe it was the year before that. I don't remember anymore, but, (laughs) but Toy Fair is just a place to show off all the new digs and it's super exciting. I mean, we're getting into, let's see. Yeah. 2018, we got our, you know, the first year of Mattel kicking ass with the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World toys. And then 2019, we're keeping going. Awesome. Brachiosaurus, uh, Indominus Rex, all that stuff. And then now this year, which is our last year, uh, before, you know, a new movie again. So, but I think they're still knocking out of the park. Um, if you go to Collect Jurassic, Tim over at Collect Jurassic does incredible work. He was at Toy Fair this year. I think Chris Pugh from Outpost and Brad, uh, from Jurassic Park podcast, the three amigos that they were all there this year. I was so jealous. It looked like they had a, the best time, but they got a chance to look at all the new toys and everything and other Jurassic products and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to say a few of my highlights and this ties a little bit into Camp Cretaceous because they did show. So some of the Mattel line this year will be related to Camp Cretaceous. And I guess spoilers for the next like f- couple seconds, 10 seconds, 15, 20 seconds or whatever. Yeah, there's going to be named dinosaurs, like nicknames, kind of like blue in Camp Cretaceous, which makes sense. It's a kid's show and stuff. So there is a new baby ankylosaurus named Bumpy, who is possibly cuter than Baby Yoda. And there's like a scarred up Carnotaurus. And I think that there's, if I remember correctly, there's a, um, cause it's again, I, I think some of the details were released prematurely. So I don't, I was trying to find them and I can't find them now. Um, but there's supposedly a trio or a duo of, of Baryonyxes with like fun names and yeah, a scarred up Carnotaurus. And then there was like a shiny iridescent Parasaurolophus. So it, people are leading this to, to believe that those are characters in the show as well as these are going to be actual toys. So we might be spoiled kind of like Battle at Big Rock style. Uh, for what's going to go down in Camp Cretaceous before the show actually comes out. So this summer, I think we're going to start because the, the, with Mattel toys, this stuff rolls out way earlier than they actually say it does, which is kind of exciting. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But I wanted to say a few of my favorite of the Toy Fair highlights. There was a Majungasaurus, which is, let's see if I pop open. And if you go over to Collect Jurassic, I'll provide a link. You can actually see there's like a high res galaxy, high res galaxy, a high res, um, like a high res, uh, gallery of, of all these, you know, new toys and stuff like that. But there's a Majungasaurus, which is like kind of a medium sized predator and it's green and it's got all these knobs and it's kind of like, <laughs> like that's what it looks like. Like that sound is a dinosaur. <laughs> and then there's an irritator, which is another croc boy. Uh, like Suchomimus or Spinosaurus. That's really cool. That's kind of blue, kind of blue. It's not kind of blue. It is blue and brown, which is really cool. And then, oh, the coolest thing I think, honestly, which is ties into this last point is there is. So if you remember from when Fallen Kingdom first, the toys first came out, 
there was a Sinoceratops toy, which is one of the Ceratopsians. And the Sinoceratops is featured in Fallen Kingdom, one of the coolest new dinosaurs in the collection. Um, that wakes up Owen, you know, licks, licks him. Um, and helps him get away from the lava, helps him. Like, you ride the Sinoceratops away. And then the Sinoceratops fights the Carnotaurus. Um, but when the toys first came out, the, Sinoceratops, the Sinoceratops toy was actually a Pachyrhinosaurus. So, a, like, because they have different bumps and humps and, you know, nodules and things like that. So, people were obviously like, no, it's not the thing from the movie because they actually changed the dinosaur it's faster to change a dinosaur in the, in a movie than it is the toys because the toys, you start the production line and you're physically making this, you know, toy that was the Pachyrhinosaurus model. Uh, you know, it, it's, it was, it, you can't change that once those production lines going, but you can change the model in the movie. You can update that and re-render all you want. So what's really exciting is that Mattel is finally giving us a model accurate Sinoceratops toy with the colors and everything. Oh, I'm super stoked because Sinoceratops truly is one of the coolest Ceratopsians out there. I mean, what? Chasmosaurus? No, I like Chasmosaurus. But <laughs> that also brings me to my point of, and I, uh, if you're not listening to the Jurassic Park podcast as well, you should totally be listening to that because Brad and uh, Tom and everyone over there is so great. And um, there's an Edmontosaurus toy, which is great. It's a duck-billed dinosaur. But I think this is a good opportunity. Hey, like the Edmontosaurus toy is truly just, and I think it's they're coming out in stores now. It's truly just the Parasaurolophus with a new paint scheme and a new head. How about we get that Corythosaurus? The Corythosaurus is the only other hadrosaur, duck-billed dinosaur in the Jurassic Park movies that hasn't been a toy yet. I think if you're going to just swap the heads out, you can make a new head of the Corythosaurus and new paint scheme and same thing with the brachiosaurus i've been loving seeing everyone's brachiosaurus in the facebook group that toy was is so amazing and so thankful that it was really available i mean it's wild i i think when for any of the toy hunters listening to the podcast it was like when it came out we were like oh god gotta get the brachiosaurus and it's like literally every time i go to target now i see it and it's it's i like that you know and and but it also makes me think we need more sauropod toys as well, too. And I think if you lop off those legs, that head and that tail, put it, if you keep the body the same and then just change the legs and the tail and the neck, like you, we could have our apatosaurus toy. We could have our mementosaurus toy. Put the mementosaurus in Dominion, you cowards. Just putting it out there. But that's kind of my thing. And, uh, yeah, I want, I, I, I like that we get, we're getting all these predators, you know, Jurassic Park toys when you're a kid, it's mm, fighting all that good stuff, but I really want to see more herbivores. So, but what do you think? Let me know. Um, and let's see. Yeah, that's it for news. So let's take a little break and I'll tell you some of the adventures, some of the other adventures I've been on this month. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, and we're back. Kind of a short adventure this month since I talked about the trivia night. Again, ugh, such a blast. I want to do a trivia night in your city. Hit those votes and, you know, maybe I'll come there. I mean, truly, if I, I feel like there's some cities where if you're like, hey, I've got a bar uh, and, you know, um, yeah, I guess if you've got a bar and you help throw events, I mean, I could totally see Portland, Seattle, San Diego, Orange County, San Francisco, New York City, Chicago, um, Nashville, somewhere in Texas, Atlanta. I feel like there's enough Sea Jurassic Right fans slash murderinos who are really nice who would be down to come out and see see an, um you know see a round of trivia uh you know participate in a round of trivia and have some fun so let me know if you can help me with that because i would love to do that uh but the other interesting news as far as adventures go it, yeah i feel like ever since grinchmas i haven't had a chance to really go back to universal and hang out as much as i'd like so i was like really jonesing to go back to Universal, so, and Chris Bermonte, a.k.a. Montioc, and I all went, and it was so much fun, and they are closing, they close, currently the ride is closed for maintenance, so that's why, that was one of the urgent things as well, too, and I don't know how long it's going to be closed, I've heard anything from a couple of weeks to the summer, so, if anybody has any more updates on that, because ultimately, the Jurassic World ride update from a couple years ago that you know they closed from september to july less than a year to redo the ride and truly some things just weren't finished i mean the indominus wasn't you know was just sort of standing off to the side and you got the impression that it was supposed to sort of really kind of move and roar and all this stuff because you can hear the roars and everything and it is really cool but this last time when we went the indominus was gone where did the Indominus go? It can camouflage. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be the biggest source of the refurbishment. Again, this is me just kind of guessing and speculating and stuff. But I think if, if, if there's one part of the ride that truly needed work, it was that Indominus at the very end. And then I'd also say when you first drift into the Predator Cove, there's been a lot of jokes made about those poor pteranodons that have been ripped to shreds. But I think you could do a little more there as well, too. But I love the new ride. I, I think it really blends the best of the old and new. And yeah, I'm excited for it to reopen. And I just wanted to get one more one more ride in before the refurbishment. So I feel bad for anybody coming to L.A. right now being like, we're going to ride the ride. Oh, and which sucks. I mean, it, it's. You know, with, I mean, even with, you know, when Universal was planning on reopening the ride, there wasn't really a clear date. So hopefully, uh, I believe you can go to the website and check the dates. So if you're planning on coming out to LA, I'd maybe, I'd, I mean, obviously, if you have to come for work and you wanted to slip out and go to the ride, you know, you, you don't really have a lot of control there. But if you are planning to come to LA, know that at least for the next little bit, the ride, the Jurassic World ride is going to be closed. So wanted to get you guys up to speed on that. And then the other thing that is related to Jurassic Park, which is very related to Jurassic Park, is 
Brenna and I saw the Escape to Margaritaville musical, which is a Jimmy Buffett jukebox musical. We saw it with our friends, uh, Dave and Kate. Dave, you know, from Robot Teammate with Chris Bramante and Kate, uh, wrote the music for Olaf's Frozen Adventure. So they're a very lovely, fun couple to hang out with. Um, it was, they were like the perfect people to go on a double date with because who else but two people who write musicals to see a musical. So that was really fun. And, I love Jimmy Buffett. Margaritaville is is on Isla Nublar in Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. You see the ruins in Fallen Kingdom. There's also Margaritaville in Vegas, so where the Pteranodons are flying at the end of Fallen Kingdom during the post credit sequence. So there's a lot of ties. And Jimmy Buffett has a cameo in Jurassic World, obviously, as the Margaritaville man. And Jimmy Buffett has a uh, cameo in Congo. So, uh, and... Uh, Frank Marshall, I was going to call him Le Doctor, which is his Instagram handle. But Frank Marshall produced the musical as well as has been producing all these Jurassic movies. So it felt like, you know, Escape to Margaritaville is part of the Jurassic fam in many ways. But I will say the plot of Escape to Margaritaville is very fun. And it basically involves an island, like an island, like rocker dude who kind of ran away from all of his problems and sings on the island, you know, is the, the playboy who just, you know, hooks up with people. And then when they leave, it's like a, it's like a reverse grease situation or whatever, you know, summer loving kind of thing. Uh, but then a really badass scientist, she actually says like, I love all the ologies. And I was like, and I screamed for Allie, but, um, this woman, you know, she's she doesn't she doesn't care for love. You know, she's all business or whatever. Uh, kind of similar to Claire, I guess. But anyway, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything. In in but through the course of the adventures, uh, you know, all your your Margaritavilles, your cheeseburger in paradise, son of a sailor, uh, Finns, you know, all the classic Margarita classic Margaritaville songs, all the classic Jimmy Buffett songs. The thing to me that makes Escape to Margaritaville canon in the Jurassic universe is the fact that Margaritaville is technically canon as being on Isla Nublar. And the Margaritaville in this show is on an island. And on this island, a volcano explodes. So I'm just going to say it. The Margaritaville restaurant, hotel, you know, it, it's all it's all connected, basically. It's not it's, it falls apart. The, if you think about it any more than what I just did, it started to fall apart as I was saying it. But just bear with just just believe me that Escape to Margaritaville is canon in the Jurassic universe. So my question is, are we going to see a Margaritaville in Dominion? Are you know, we see this snowy environment, maybe instead of being set you know, in British Columbia, maybe it's set on the East Coast. And just like how Brenda and I went to the Margaritaville in Niagara Falls, you know, we went to Margaritaville when it was snowy. You see Claire and Owen and Macy, you know, stopping off on the side of the road. They're tired. They've maybe avoided, you know, some, you know, anti-DPG group or something. Or maybe they had a dinosaur encounter on the road. You know, another Nesutoceratops tries to clash with the car. They're like, we need to stop for a drink. I really need a margarita. And then you just pan up, you know, and they're at the Margaritaville in Buffalo. And I think that would be a great way to tie it back in. But there's a lot of Margaritaville, so we have a lot of options. Is there Margaritaville? I'm going to just look this up right now. Is there Margaritaville, Vancouver? Ooh. Oh, maybe Vancouver, Washington. Um, 10 best Margarita. Mm, I don't think there is, at least from this initial... Google search, but maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. Margaritaville, Vancouver. I'm going to go to maps. I really want to find this out now. 
Um, Jorge's Margarita Factory in Seattle. Ooh, here we go. We're in... Is this Mar- or is this Margaritaville? Is this Vancouver? I've actually only been to Vancouver once when I was a kid, so... Um, I don't think so. So, but again, you know, magic of film, it could be anywhere. So, remains to be seen. <laughs> Would you like to see a Margaritaville in Jurassic World Dominion? Send me... I need these hot takes... Uh, <laughs> so yeah so that's pretty much it for adventures a little thin this month but hey we're working hard some new exactly right shows coming out and everything like that we're just diving deep but again there's all this dominion stuff so to me the fact that i get i mean i wake up excited every day being like what's going to be the latest thing what's going to be you know what's going to be the reveal and all that stuff so that's really exciting and it's right from the comfort of my own bed <laughs> uh so let's get to your question let's get to the question this month which was basically as far as main characters go, like, again, as far as returning cast members go, I should say Laura Dern, if I can do that pull quote again, major, major role, not cameo. I think she's really, I think Grant and I think, you know, they said Malcolm's going to have a little juicier role as well too. But I think, I think the idea is that Ellie Sattler is going to have, a big part of this new narrative. And I think for her character, they can't just have her show up in the courtroom back. I think they maybe I'm not saying flashbacks or anything like that, but I'm saying, I think that they are going to have to do, to do some explaining or did they're going to dive a little bit into at least how she got to where she is now and, and sort of give her that motivation and why she's important to the narrative and why she cares and all that good stuff. So I wanted to hear from all of you about what you want out of that where has she been since Jurassic Park 3 has she divorced Mark Degler is Charlie grown up how many books has she written what's the lecture circuit that she's going on she is such an important vital member to Jurassic Park what the hell has she been up to all these years so I wanted to know that but first I wanted to play a clip from Omar Najam from our conversation I I saved this little bit of the conversation for this mini-sode and you'll get to hear his thoughts right now about what Laura Dern slash what Ellie, what Laura Dern's been up to since Jurassic Park. Obviously, she's been up to lots of amazing things. But what has Ellie Sattler been up to since Jurassic Park 3? If, you know, just to marry this to one of the options that we're talking about for what it could be, if Sattler's been using prehistoric plant life to create medicines and stuff like that. Whoa. And it's like a big player... And has been going up against big pharma, you know, and it's just like, but we can solve this stuff and everything. And it has been like, and people have been like patenting, like, you know, behind her back and stuff. And she's just like, you assholes, you know, like, so she's like kind of taking on almost like a Carrie Fisher style, like Leia's still kind of fighting the good fight, even though at the start of Force Awakens, it's like, she still was like on the face of it, like on the up and up, but secretly she was helping the resistance. Yes. So like Ellie Sattler is like trying to do good by any means necessary. Yes. I a hundred, like that would be really cool because then it's like this, it, if it becomes like a disease thing, like we're saying, Oh, that would be a solution there. Ooh. Um, but if not, it also, I think is like, you know, that was a huge... That's one of my favorite parts of Jurassic Park is when she's like, yeah, but you've got stuff in here that's poisonous. You you chose it because it looks nice. <laughs> and I, I feel like the opportunities of this of the results of Jurassic World or, or the end of Fallen Kingdom are like definitely sure like the literally the dinosaurs are out, so we got to deal with that. 
but also like what about that plant life like what about the spores they brought with them you know what about the stuff they need to eat how do they influence the environment i feel like that stuff that statler would be really interested in well yeah and you're my thinking of like the last few times i've watched jurassic park really focusing on Dr. Ellie Sattler is the only person who reacts to the present. She's not being like, well, we should have done this or we could have done that or we have no idea what to expect. She's the one who's like, like you said, like literally pointing to something currently happening. There are plants in this building that are poisonous. Whereas like Grant is like, what could have happened? What should happen? Or no, Malcolm is like, what should happen? Grant's like, what could possibly happen? But Ellie Sattler is like, no, here's what's happening right now. So I love that idea of her being Dr. Ellie Sattler is focused on a like when we get when we catch up with her, she is not living in legacy. She's not like Grant in Jurassic Park three, where he no. is obsessed with the past uh, and afraid to face the future. She is living in the present moment. She's not yep. preoccupied with the legacy or anything. I would yeah. love that. I think that would be really beautiful. That would be really, <laughs> yeah, that'd be really great because she would, you know, like she's still, you know, an academic, and it only she makes got, sense. she got that Horner quote, yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah i would i would think that like i would think that very much like she went the forefront of like oh gotta clean up the mess again you know (laughs) (laughs) oh totally Uh, i love excuse me i got all sniffly all of a sudden i love what omar is saying because that's the point dr sattler she's going to be important to this narrative and so i think that means she's really going to be vital to the themes of the film i think you know the the presentness that i talked about as well but also you know not just that dinosaurs are spreading across the earth but that the very ecosystem at which can house these dinosaurs which can have them live in our world will also be changing as well and i think that to me like if they get that right it'll be perfect you know i think i said either in the toast, I think I said it in the toast, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily care anymore if Ellie and Grant get together or not. I want, I just want it to feel satisfying no matter what, that's all. But I think the idea of tying Sattler's journey into the themes of these dinosaurs spreading across the earth, I think is really going to be where the true like meat of the movie will be, or I, I hope so. And how it ties into how she meets up with Claire and Owen and how she meets up with uh, Macy and Blue. I mean, if she meets up with them, I mean, who knows? I I think with like, you know, because the one thing that Rise of the Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker did right was that it brought together a lot of characters having fun together. I think that's what people want. I think people want to see their favorite characters bouncing off of each other. And I think, I think, I mean, I you know, I also love Last Jedi. So, but I, I, I I get the sense that this is well, and I will say, um, speaking of photos, um, if you go to that Colin Trevorrow photo and I, you know, I try not to read too much into anything from marketing, anything from, you know, that people post pre-interview before the movies, because it could all just be marketing speak and hype. And yeah, I just don't necessarily rely on it as like a final vision for the movie, but in that photo of the of the of the like actors director you know of the the set chairs that Colin tweeted today he says we took the names off the chairs everyone matters the most so to me 
if we're going to do our, if we're going to put our little detective hat on and get my detective Pikachu magnifying glass out. Yes, I do for real detective Pikachu magnifying glass. Uh, thanks Warner brothers. Um, I think saying like everyone matters the most to me, that sounds like he's making an ensemble picture when Chris Pratt says, you know, Avengers Endgame, you know, on Ellen, I think that they're not being literal in that sense, but I think that means that we're not, we're not going to get a bunch of disparate factions. I think truly maybe for a big chunk of this movie, we'll have the whole gang together, which is really cool. And again, is very puzzling because I just, yeah. Ugh, I love that. I love that. I feel like I can't predict what this movie is going to be. I, I, I can predict. I, I feel like I know what this movie is going to be about, but I don't know if I can necessarily think of the chess pieces, you know, of, of how the movie is going to work. And that's really exciting to me. To me, it's not fun to try and guess like, oh, well, then there's a scene where they get attacked by a Dilophosaurus. And then, oh, there's this other moment. It's like, it's hard to try and expect things like that. It's more of just like, what's the big pot of stew and it's like okay we throw our trio back we throw our supporting characters from world and fallen kingdom in there we got claire and owen and macy we got we got dr Wu. it's just like let's throw this all in a stew and get super excited about it and the tastiest part of the stew is um, okay i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna keep up with this stew metaphor but as i rearrange my papers for asmr effect let's get to your comments about what you think Ellie Sattler's been up to. Uh, Michael in the Facebook group says, her role seems the easiest to bring back. As a paleobotanist, she would have the knowledge of particular vegetation consumed by the herbivores. She has also first-hand experience with these animals, which makes her an invaluable in, yeah, invaluable consultant to the new companies that will be creating their own dinosaurs. That's interesting. I'm just I'm just putting a putting a little like highlight over that part. She may be abjectly against their creation. But as with the sick Triceratops, she wants to do nothing more than help these animals. And presumably, being someone in the top of her field, she knows that there is no one else more qualified. Her knowledge of prehistoric vegetation ensures that these animals have a diet that resembles the diet when these animals originally existed. That's an awesome comment, Michael. I really appreciate that. I love what you're saying about that. That, you know, this ain't, these, just, these aren't all Woo's dinosaurs anymore. And so... Maybe that's the way that you get all these returning characters is because and returning and pe- all the people that worked for Jurassic World for all, you know, for the 10 years that Jurassic World was running smoothly. All those people, uh, you know, Courtney James Clark, maybe maybe Moses or announcer is like, you know, took a consulting fee to like go whale watching. And she's like leading a boat, you know, uh, leading boats around the Pacific and being like, ooh, there's, you know, maybe we can spot the Moses or today. Oh, yeah, there's like half of a whale, you know, and and sharks and stuff floating to the surface because this giant super predator is now loose in the ocean. So I, uh, you know, destabilizing the whole ecosystem. So I like to think that there are all these people that formerly work for Jurassic world that are sort of being headhunted by these, um, these other companies that bought dinosaurs and bought DNA from the auction. Oh man, that just got me so excited. I just got chills right now thinking about that. I love that idea. I mean, even the Kirby's, you know, you could so totally see Paul being like, I survived, you know, and he's like trying to sell his business. Like you need, you need some dinosaur consulting, dinosaur consulting in tile plus, you know, 
So that's super exciting. Thank you, Michael. And then Liz also commented. She said, I would like, this is also in the Facebook. Oh no, this is on the Facebook page. Thanks to people who follow on the Facebook page. Go like that Facebook page. Thank you. I, it's not as updated as, you know, the group and everything else, but I appreciate when people like it. Um, Liz says, I would like to see your studying how these newly released animals are reacted to their new surroundings in different landscapes. As a paleobotanist, I'm sure she's fascinated with how they will thrive off the island. Yeah. I, that, that part's, I mean, that I'm also very curious too, because maybe in the same way that I was just talking about, you know, all these people who formerly worked for Jurassic, you know, getting new jobs because of this new economy of dinosaurs being on the loose and being created. Uh, maybe people from the original movies and stories will kind of renewed interest in the dinosaurs because, yeah, they're off the island now. It's not this self-contained, oh, it was the zoo over here that did this thing. It's like, well, now they're just running around like regular animals. So... Yeah, very curious. So let me jump to the Twitter right now. Uh, J. Thomas Albert says, researching ways to kill genetically engineered dinosaurs. Maybe. I mean, I could see Ellie was always in the present. So I could see her kind of understanding both. Uh, I could see her understanding Malcolm's point of view that maybe that there's something not right, you know, that we've kind of unleashed a, a, you know, you never had control. That's the illusion. You know, this dominion, we are, we are losing the dominion over our earth. And, you know, there's, you know, there's more than one way to deal with it. So that's really interesting. Uh, not Marley divorced her husband and married Alan Grant in the in-between time. Either the movie is going to have their potential romance be a focus of that interplay, which could be fun, or they're just going to be together or not together. Like, I, I, they're going to make they're going to make a choice, and I, I'm so curious to see what they choose. Belgian Jurassic says Ellie will be divorced. JP Rule, her son Charlie works as a bioengineer for Biosyn. They successfully create dinosaurs, but they escape. Biosyn keeps the silent and tries to fix the mess. Ellie finds out about this and goes to Biosyn Labs to rescue Charlie. This is interesting. I personally, I, I, I hope that Charlie isn't involved. I mean, we've, we've laid the groundwork for like family to be a bigger focus with, you know, Lockwood and Macy and, you know, those kind of legacies and stuff. But I really don't want Dr. Ellie Sattler to be involved in the movie just because her kid isn't an adventure. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea that Dr. Ellie Sattler gets involved just because her, just because their son does. I want the reason to be Ellie and Ellie's alone. So, but I, I mean, I do like Charlie being involved. I think that would be interesting. And Tom Fishenden should totally play Charlie uh, <laughs> if they do. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind Charlie being involved. I like maybe Biosyn coming back. I like all that stuff. But yeah, I, I hope it's not the sort of motivator for Ellie. I think Ellie has a lot more a lot more things to be motivated by than just having her kid be involved. You know, it's just, I just feel like it's, I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't like it, but who knows? This is from O Hewins, Hewins, I think. O Hewins. Please let her iconic. We can discuss sexism and survival situations when, when I get back be represented. Yeah. I mean, that would be, I would be down for that too. I mean, also obviously, you know, when, um, women inherit the earth, I mean, I think we're going to get callbacks to those. I think it'll be interesting to see Dr. Sattler interact with Owen and Claire. And I think she could have a lot of commentary on the relationship, which I would be really excited about. Um, <laughs> at Nomi Shamoon says, I just want her back with Grant. 
I'm totally down for if it works. At Joshua underscore Malone says, outside of starting her family, she seems to be working involved in paleo in some capacity per the book. In my heart of hearts, I hope her and Dr. Sar- Dr. Sarah Harding are working together on something like this fanfic. Ooh, I need to read this. Un- Uncovered Research Abstract by Harding and Sattler. Oh, oh, I really want to read this, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes so y'all can take a read. And then at JHN Reads says teaching paleobotany at a university, doing her own research, writing books, narrating, hosting nature documentaries. Oh my god, that would be so cool. Lord, if like Lord, like it's the movie starts out with like like Richard Attenborough or David Attenborough style of like of like Lord Dern being like, and this creature, you know. Oh, I could totally see her having fun with that. Um, caring for her family and supporting helping Alan as a true friend would. Ooh, you're going the friend route, JHN Reed. Like I see you. Um, underscore K underscore champ says staying the fuck away from dinosaur DNA. All right. That's fair. And then let's see those. So that's all Twitter again. I share pot on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's see. Let's look at all the comments. Oh, cause I did a four up of Laura Dern of Dr. Ellie Sattler from Jurassic park on Instagram and Twitter of her like biting her finger when she's looking at Grant of like she said you know she wanted uh, when Lex is like she said we should ride with you because it'd be good for you and her like that cheeky because Brenna and I talked about like how Dr. Sattler she's like totally a troll to Grant the whole Jurassic Park movie it's such a great little detail she could kind of just be the sort of word of wisdom kind of character which she she definitely is like the wisest of the trio um, in the sense of like you know, Malcolm is preoccupied with his own obsessions. Grant is more wary. Whereas, you know, I think Ellie Sattler is the most present, as I've said before. But she also likes to have fun. So, and then there's uh, Ellie Sattler when she looks up and sees the raptor at the very end. And then the photo of <laughs> of Sattler looking very concerned for Grant as he drives away. It's like last of my breed. And she's like, oh, God, Grant, I don't I don't want you to die alone in your car because you spend all your money trying to dig dinosaur bones. And then you have to sell your house. Uh, and then also when uh, she hears Grant, you know, site B, the river. So was, uh, Jacob underscore Ash the Mash said not so subtle hashtag Dolly Parton challenge M underscore Landis 27. I want her to have gotten tenure at a major research university and have been teaching, mentoring a diverse group of students, all the while getting ready for a rematch with the Velociraptors. I would be down if she was a teacher. She definitely has the like hippie teacher vibes in Jurassic Park 3. Uh, but you know, is that exciting enough for her to just be a tenured? I think that would be a contrast to where Grant is you know, in Jurassic Park three, where he feels like he's kind of barely hanging on. So to see that she's this kind of been in the university system and just has like, you know, I could see that it's like, Oh yeah, my favorite, my favorite class in college was taught by Dr. Ellie Sattler. Like I could totally see that. Um, Aurora cake bunny says, Oh my God. So happy. Me too. Uh, Bulmer pants thought, I thought this was a LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder thing. Uh, Rob underscore Sai underscore R.I. said, Considering her role in JP3, it appeared that she was focused on raising her son after the Isla Nublar incident. Her son is likely in his 20s now, and they showed him having an interest in dinosaurs, not unlike many kids. So it would be chill to see him working in paleontology. Maybe a mother-son story unfolds when the dinos starting to wreak havoc in the States. Again, I think that's interesting. I think involving Charlie would be interesting. It's not necessary where, my, you know, I, I want... I will say personally, just because, or not personally, I don't know if this is personal, but 
I don't see I see some things from Jurassic Park 3 being important for for Dominion but I see stuff like that not to be I don't Jurassic Park 3 was the lowest grossing Jurassic Park movie I don't see them hinging character beats and story points on things from Jurassic Park 3 I, I just those things are going to be winks and nods to fans but having it be the whole story I don't think will happen but I, I do like that idea though I, I love a lot of dinosaur Love, I think, you know, mother-son stuff. I mean, for my own mom and I, so in dinosaurs and stuff. So I, I appreciate that. I just don't know if it's going to be the thing. But I do like that idea, too. Terrible Pants, Queen of the Dinosaurs That Ate All the Men. Couldn't have said it better than myself. Mago Mershersinha. Just as a bunch of hard eyes, hearts, clapping. Again, perfect. Pia Quinn Osum, Love You. Again, I love Laura Dern, too, and Ellie Sattler. Cameron underscore AK underscore CJ says, meet Owen and Claire and Macy. I, I think so. And then the last comment, which I think is the perfect one to end on, Denise underscore B underscore Insta says, I'm just glad she's back crying. Praise hands. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, Denise. I'm so excited Laura Dern is back, and I'm so excited to see... Dr. Eli Sattler's journey in this new movie. So thank you everyone for listening. This has been so much fun. I will say this month's question, if I can remember where I put it. Oh, this month's question. I mentioned it at the very end of the toast episode. And again, if you haven't listened to that, Brennan and I get into some real shit with this new movie and what we're hoping, what we're fearing, all the good vibes. But my question for all of you. So we know the trio's coming back. We know Jake Johnson and Omar Sire coming back. We know uh, B.D. Wong, we know Daniela and Justice, but there's going to be some surprises. So this is in regards to dinosaurs and people. So people and dinosaurs, dinosaurs and people. Are there any surprise cameos that you're hoping for? And are there any cameos that you don't think will happen? So the example I used in the in the um, in the toast episode was somebody like Billy Brennan or the Kirby's like I mean, if the, I just, I think as far as if, if Emily and Colin are writing out a thing of like stuff from the other movies that we want to bring back or bring into the fold, I don't think Billy Brennan or the Kirby's are anywhere in the top 25 even. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. They could have a soft spot for the Kirby's. Who knows? But I just don't think, I just think there's a lot of other more important things to prioritize over them. But I, I'm curious to think what you guys think will be likely. So I think a Lex and Tim cameo is likely. I, I think it could happen. I would be surprised if it doesn't. Uh, Dilophosaurus, same thing again. I'd be very surprised if they didn't bring the Dilophosaurus back. Billy Brennan? Eh, I'm not holding out much hope for that. So let me know what you think by commenting on any of the social media posts I make for this episode, Minisode. And you can call as well, too, and leave a voicemail. I miss your voicemails, 323-688-6969, or email cjurassicright at gmail.com. Yeah, what do you think are going to be some likely cameos, some unlikely? I'm just curious to know what you think. Now that we've got this stacked cast, could it get even better? And yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I'm getting back on track, so thank you again for all your patience. T- tune in to the first C Westworld right. Uh, Monday special. Uh, listen to the toast. Listen to my episode with Omar. Listen to this one. I guess you're listening to this one if you're hearing this part. So, you know, keep holding those butts. And yeah, Jurassic World Dominion. 
we're doing this. I'll see you very soon. Now you can also interact with me and the show by following me on Twitter at Stephen Ray Morris and following SJR Pod on Twitter, See Jurassic Ride on Instagram, See Jurassic Ride on Facebook, or you can send me an email at SeeJurassicRide at gmail.com. Not only am I looking forward to talking to people about their Jurassic Park experiences and hearing yours, but I also am going to be sharing ephemera from my childhood and, oh God, I'm going to share the fan fiction uh, on there as well and pictures and toys and everything. It's going to be great. And I wanted to thank Caitlin Thompson and Tim Ruggery at ACAST, Molly McAleer, Heather Mason, Stephanie Cook, Sarah Iyer, and you. See Jurassic Right is an ACAST podcast. Check out the show on their mobile app. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Okay, if you stayed for the ending, I just wanted to jump in. And as I <laughs> jumped on a Twitter after I finished recording, there is a set photo of Macy that you can see. I'll retweet it. But she's like totally decked out in boots. She's got a jacket that looks like it has like a little emblem. Maybe it's a new version of the DPG. She's got a black beanie on, long hair. She looks fucking badass. She looks like she's about to rob a bank. But our little, our little small Macy is all grown up and shanking people who are trying to hurt dinosaurs. I'm so proud of her. So excited for this movie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.